Hey there, everybody. It's the Summit Realty Group podcast. This is Blake. I'm, of course, here with Nick Williams, Mr. Nick Williams. And we're joined by Olivia Dowling, who is uh, with Golden Heart Consulting, owner, operator, How do owner, you? operator, CEO, <laughs> one yeah. of many hats. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> so we'll just start there because there's a few things I know that you do as far as events and things. But what is, what is Golden Heart Consulting yeah, all about? So I moved back to Fairbanks a little bit over three years ago. And when I moved back, I was determined to stay here. I really love Fairbanks. I had a great time living in the lower 48, but I wanted to take all the skills that I learned there and put them into our beautiful little city ourselves. So when I moved back, I came back with determination. I've always grown up and lived downtown. So I wanted to make downtown in particular a place where people wanted to live and a place where people could bring their families for big events because I have a goal of raising a family here one day as well. So I wanted Fairbanks to be as magical as I remembered growing up here. Um, when I moved back, things were it seemed like there was a lack of anyone caring. Like people were just kind of doing it the way that they had always been doing it. Uh So I came in and I was like, the Midnight Sun Festival, the Winter Solstice Festival, and everything in between it, that would be amazing to take kids to and like really remember. That's what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I love the, and so gentrification has a bad terminology, right? Like, Mm -hmm. oh, you're you're getting rid of tradition. But what I'm seeing here downtown isn't what we see in, let's say, I I live in Columbus, Georgia. Mm -hmm. And there was this bad part of downtown and a good part of downtown. And what they did is they bought up the bad part and just bulldozed it and started over. We aren't doing that. We're bringing it together with community events, activities, and really uh, just rejuvenating the downtown area from the inside instead of tearing it down. Well, with the exception of the Players Building, we do need to tear that down. <laughs> There's but a good handful of things yeah. that should be torn down, but yeah. most of it, the history is so important. Right. And right. so that's Safety what I really love about what you guys. <laughs> yeah, the, if you don't know what the Players Building is, we'll do a whole episode on that one day. Please. Uh, yeah. We should uh, sneak in. We should, actually. We yeah. should record. No, I don't want cancer, man. I'm good. No mold in the ones that needed. Yeah. Um, so back to you. Like, uh, so, so what really was the start? Uh, you said you came back and, and you, you fell in love with this kind of idea, but how did you get involved in it? What was the first steps that really got you started? Yeah, so the first steps that I really got start got me started was I started hanging out at a coffee shop called Venue downtown, mm-hmm. and that's where a lot of people... Speaking of rejuvenation, yeah. like, I remember when that first opened, it was just a coffee shop. Now mm-hmm. it's a bar, entertainment system, uh, venue, it's a uh, art gallery, yeah. it's uh, Lizzie's personal hangout spot <laughs> when she does her uh, TV episodes. Right, Great. Isaiah calls it a social space, and I love that idea, I love too. Isaiah. He's really a cool guy. Yeah, he's so got his fingers on a lot of different things, too. 100%. Yeah. So he and I started Brewing's Brand Studio when I first moved back because I was there for a job interview. And the girl that was supposed to be interviewing me called me, like, five minutes before the interview was supposed to start. I was like, I have the wrong day. I'm so sorry. And I was like, well, that's okay. I'll just enjoy my cup of coffee. And then Isaiah had moved back just a couple of days before, and he was like, what are you doing here? And I was like, <laughs> what are you doing here? And we had moved back to town, like, pretty much the same week. And so I was like, I'm looking for a gig. You know, I've been working in national agencies in Austin with, like, awesome clients like Southwest Airlines, Bonefish Grill, um, Levanova, which is a biomedical company. And I had taken all those learnings from photo shoots, production, branding. um, And I was here just kind of like, what am I going to do in Fairbanks? I wasn't sure if I was going to do my own thing yet or join a team. There's some really great marketing agencies in town. So were you backing up with with those other companies? Were you like a brand consultant at that time? Or what was your role um, then? So um, I had been a brand or a uh, account executive in Austin. So that's like a liaison between a client and a creative director. So okay. basically the client would tell me I need this min- this much return on investment. I need this many impressions and I need mm-hmm. you not to do these things. So I take that. It sounds boring. And then you make it fun. Sounds like exactly what I need. Cause I'm, just, <laughs> I'm calling these companies directly. I'm like, hey, advertise for me. Like, cool. And next thing I know, it's like these cookie cutter. Yes. Like you know, $5 Google ads. ads. And I'm just like, this is not my brand. This is like some sneaky way to get people to click on something that mm-hmm. then routes them to my website or something 100%. like that. 100%. So my role in Austin was taking the very business side of it and being like, Yo, creatives, we have an opportunity to do something really cool. What are you guys going to do with that? And then from there, I work with the creative team and filter out their ideas. And I, like, pretend to be the client. And I'm like, well, I think that's a little too risky for me. So can we, like, tame it a little bit and then keep the other ones in line, too? And then we can ramp them up to it and, like, dip their toes into it so they don't get sticker shock um, or, like, branding shock. Mm -hmm. So I was acting as liaison between creatives and and clients, um, getting the creatives equally excited and getting the clients excited, which just breeds really good work. So I earned the nickname Glitter Glue from that because it's just like, (laughs) Uh if you just keep people moving and happy, then 
the greatest work comes from it. And as long as you find what people are passionate about, it always seems to turn up roses. So. Yeah, really interesting. Cool. So yeah. you, f- from that, then, you were kind of, like, in that vein when you came here wanting to do something yeah, similar. Yeah, I'm a third-generation Alaskan, so my family is really close to me, and they were yeah. kind of like, what are you doing in Austin, girl? Like, come back. Mm-hmm, yeah. They weren't pressuring me that much, but every once in a while, they'd be like, we miss you at Christmas. Like, mm-hmm. um, And then my grandma got sick, and I was like, hmm. It's time for me to come back, yeah, Yeah, because I'm really, I was really, really tight with her. So I moved back like months before the pandemic. Greatest thing that could ever happen. Yeah, I was about to say, good timing. Because I'd much rather experience pandemic in Fairbanks than in Austin. Like Mm -hmm. I had coworkers or ex-coworkers at the time who were like, I haven't left my apartment in months. Like, you ready to get canceled? I think I wore a mask (laughs) for a total of like 48 hours, other than on airplane flights. Right, right. While living here, so like I love hearing other people's pandemic experiences because I cannot relate to it. Like, I, I got either. a three-week vacation and then I went back to work like normal. Like, yeah. I, I heard all the drama and uh, clients that were, you know, concerned about and stuff like that, but it was really, yeah. I did feel like it was a TV show. Like, we were, right. were so isolated and alone here that we didn't, we did have COVID cases and my heart goes out to anybody that was affected. I'm not, right. I'm not downplaying the virus. Um, what I am saying, though, is like, we got a different experience here 100%. than the rest of the world got. And that, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm blessed for it and I, I love our area for that. So grateful. Like, yeah. when it was like really hot and heavy, my friends and I got together and we were like, we're kind of stressing. None of us have it. Let's just go to Harding Lake and be out there for a couple weeks and just be and like ignore everything for a while. And that was amazing. That's so, awesome. yeah, yeah I agree. The experience in Alaska for everything is so much different, you and know? I'm, I just went out hunting. I went out yeah. and like went hiking and I was just alone in nature and people were like, are you going to wear a mask? I'm like, I'm, I'm in nature. Solo. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think the grizzly bear is going to give me COVID. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. I was out there just leaking doorknobs. Yeah. I thought that's what they <laughs> <laughs> Build that immune system. Herd, herd immunity, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm spreading yeah. however it can. No. But I think that's so true in like so many different relations to Fairbanks. Yes. Like Fairbanks experiences life differently. Like, when I moved up here, the adjustment from Austin, like, go, go, go mm-hmm. work, to hear everyone being like, whoa, 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 slow down. Like, we got a year to do this. You're trying to do it in a month. And oh I'm like, because I, I, I can do it in a month. But it's been an eye-opener, too. It's and a plus and a minus, though. Because yeah. at the same time, like, hey, I want to get my kitchen redone. Mm-hmm. takes a year and a half. We got a year, yeah. yeah. I, I, like, no, <laughs> like... <laughs> Summer, I want it done now. So it's I can enjoy it before like winter. Island yeah, time. It, almost it, like something's island different. Time. I was about to say that, but there's something different. Island time feels like everyone's chill about it. Here. Island time, I'm chill about it. Here, everyone's stressed about it, but we're just like we underpopulated. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, yeah, or winter is coming. It's that's what the it is. Winter's coming. It's winter. Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Winter's yeah. coming. The White Walkers are right <laughs> on the brink. Like <laughs> there's an anxiety attached to it. Where island is. time, it's like the weather's gonna be good tomorrow too. Yeah, exactly. We don't have that. I remember this year specifically in June. I was like, or no, in May, I was like, thank God, summer's coming. Like, this yeah. is going to be great. And by mm-hmm. the end of June, I'm like, oh, my God, winter's right there. Like, yeah. and, and we still had July and August, which were great months. I mean, right yeah. now it's not even that bad out. It's starting to turn. But mm-hmm. I remember, like, second, third week of June, I'm, I'm making Fourth of July plans, and I feel like my summer's gone. Here's yes. what I need to figure out, guys. This is totally off of you, Olivia. It's all about Blake. <laughs> no, um, I, when summer hits, I'm very excited. Everybody is. I love doing, like, house projects mm-hmm. and things mm-hmm. like that. I get to a point, and I hit it about one week ago, where I am so exa- I'm so ready for winter, which is mm. good in Hibernation, a sense, right? but I'm a little early, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I need to find a balance, because I'm like, I just get totally exhausted, because I feel like you go, especially mm-hmm. when you With the longer stay. daylight, I mean, I'm up <laughs> until, you know, midnight, almost all summer long, mm-hmm. in the yeah. winter, I'm in bed by 9.30. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm not complaining about it. It's like, like you're saying right now, it's a nice change of pace, Yeah. but it's also like... Anxiety inducing. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I've I've got. A, I was talking to my wife. It's like we got to chill out because it's like two or three months of what feels like working two or three jobs for both mm-hmm. of us because we're both and we moved this year too. So that's yep. a little bit sold a house, bought a house, like all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, I don't know. So there is definitely a balance, and I think a lot of people are, and I'm noticing it with people now, even with real estate. Which, funny enough, we've had like this week in particular, it kind of hits a little slough. And I think this it's like, week I could have taken the entire week off and not lost. I don't think nobody would have noticed. Yeah. Have gotten, yeah. <laughs> so it's just weird where you have these little slough points where I think as a community we kind of all feel that same. I think as a lot of people are like, mm-hmm. you know, there's hunting and everything coming up. Of course, well, too. Why I think this week was so slow. Yeah, it's the end, yeah, of, it's the end of the but, Yeah. Anyways, it's kind of like those mushy parts of the year, like the week between Christmas and New Year's too, where like, every, and I feel like Alaskans have that too, especially where You mean our Hawaiian season. week where everybody goes to Hawaii at Ex- the same time? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'll be there this year, so I'm Me not too. complaining about that. Well, nice. We're supposed to be in Maui. 
Oh no. <laughs> to be determined. Oh, I guess. yeah. Yes, God yes. bless everybody in mm-hmm. Lahaina right now. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, but when we were talking about feeling like summer's By the way, that was the government. That was not a natural disaster. I'm putting it out here. This is now officially a conspiracy podcast. <laughs> this is like, that's dun, dun, a fifth time you've said that. <laughs> yeah. Like, everyone knows Nick yeah. likes conspiracy theories. <laughs> so, but when we were talking about how you feel like summer was already like ending, that's sometimes how I feel about the Midnight Sun Festival because I start working on it in January mm-hmm. and then it comes in June and then in August I start working on the Winter Solstice Festival. So I'm like, I feel like I'm always You're a Six months, yeah, yeah. Rotation. But it's so fun to be able to like end cap your year, and in between that, there's so many other projects too. Like this year, I'm working on the Alaska Defense Forum, which basically is from the Fairbanks Economic Development Corporation and the borough, and they ask people from Washington D.C. that make military decisions to come be in Fairbanks for a long weekend and experience what it's like up here. I'm starting the military outreach committee for our local real estate group. What? I am so surprised I haven't heard of this and I'm so surprised it's that we're so the the far month. behind. Yeah, no, we're, we're not even going to be up and running by then, but oh, that's something okay, I should year. try to get into. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. so fantastic because they talk about quality of life, they mm-hmm. talk about child care, they talk about um, what it's like to be a service member here, and they do a tour of installation for the people from Washington, D.C. and the lower 48. Um, so I they, could be the housing expert because literally that's yeah. all we talk about is yeah. rentals, Airbnb yeah. problems, uh, buying, selling, all that stuff. So Nick's a vet. A veterinarian, not, yeah. not a veterinarian. Well, veterinarian. next year we're looking for panels. <laughs> we'll have to hit you up because yeah. we yeah. always are looking for, or they are always looking for speakers. Yeah. Um, so when I take on a project like that, I help with kind of the glitter glue thing, like making sure everything goes well from soups, soup to nuts, but also um, the branding, getting it out, like outreach too. So my clients do have a great idea. It's just they don't know how to get from their idea to a really solid execution. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool. So let's back up to you said a whole lot of things and <laughs> you talked a things. lot. So uh, no, 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 no. I turn like as Blake. I'm going <laughs> to talk now. now. I can't believe I haven't got to talk in the last two seconds. No. The, <laughs> let's back up to this the, is my podcast after all. <laughs> I know. Who do you think you are? <laughs> the Midnight Sun Festival. Yes. Let's get a brief overview of what that is uh, for people who don't know anything about. Yeah. So the Midnight Sun Festival, I think, is hands down one of Fairbanks's most unique events. I it's think so too. I the think biggest it's one everybody talks about. One hundred percent. It's the biggest one day event in Alaska. The fair is bigger, but it's over multiple days, so we get that little. Oh, I like that. Biggest one day event. But um, I've been the number one agent in various ways using this same terminology. Yes. <laughs> like I, on February first, two thousand three, <laughs> I was the number one agent. Yeah. Boom. I sold Framing. more houses on that day than any. Else. It's all about framing, you yeah. know, but um, it is the biggest one day event and it's been going on for um, over 40 years. It started That's off as a long, a long time. time. It started off as oh, a sidewalk sale um, for furniture. And so uh, like, why don't we bring that back? I think that would be fantastic. Was it like, like a collective just, yard sale? Is that what you're saying? Well, well, you know how you yeah. got the run in the evening and you got the events and all the, the, the fairs and all stuff, but like throughout the day, no permit necessary citywide yard sale. That would be amazing. Except for nobody would go because everybody would be selling stuff in their yard. How would that work? No. Well, people that don't have yards. No. <laughs> oh, you want to put it in the downtown? I think if you just had a collective, even if you did it at your own house, yeah, it's like people knew it was new, like this, like, this is, this is yards, a day we drive day. around and just look at yard sales. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man. Oh man, I'd be we, so broke. That's, that's <laughs> <laughs> Facebook so, would be on fire. Amen, amen. Mm. I love Facebook Marketplace. I but, feel like that has uh, been. Amazing. I do, do like except for. And it might be saying some derogatory terms right now, but trash trolls, when they get stuff mm. out of the dumps and then refurbish it, now I'm buying your garbage. I don't like that. If it's yeah. good enough to buy. If it's good enough to buy. I if want you're a graph- to pull the wool over my eyes and I'll be good. <laughs> it's all right. I want a graphic because uh, we always called it when I was a kid and I don't do it anymore, but garage sailing. Yep. And, it, you know, everyone calls it that. But there should be a graphic of you, like, sailing through, like, someone's yard or that something. That would be so yeah. fun. And it'd be like, hey, it's the community garage sale, and you're, anyways. You would be cool. so good at marketing if you were mm-hmm. a 1995 <laughs> meme creator. Oh, man. That was such it. an outdated idea. No. Is it, what? No, it'd be cool. Anyways. <laughs> I think it'd be cool. Thank um, you, Glitter Glue. <laughs> this guy is a knife through <laughs> people's dreams. No glue. No, just knife. <laughs> so it started off as a, a sidewalk sale um, okay. at, for Nealon's Furniture, which really is the cool. big blue, or, like, the green, cool brick building. It's called mm. the Bachner building now. Mm. Um, so it was a furniture sale there and so they were doing it every solstice and then all the other downtown businesses were like, you know, they're doing a sale. We should do a sale. And so it's started out by the downtown community, like the brick and mortars, putting their stuff on the street. And then from there the downtown association took it over and we started doing outside vendors. So I believe this was its 40, 41st year um, and since I've taken it over after the pandemic, there have been quite a lot of changes. So one of the big changes was we looked at um, how 
the percentage of vendors were because it used to be a first come first serve vendor mm -hmm. so um people that would sign up like right when they opened were the people that had a lot of time on their hands not small business owners right. so we got a lot of like um community service groups a lot of church groups a lot of oh, things yeah. that people weren't going to buy from but they wanted to interact with the community so yeah military recruiters i'm sure are always yes 100 like right away so it used to be a first come first serve so once you had your however many booths you had that year 100 then that was it so when i was in college coming back to town for that weekend because that's what everyone does um i would be like where's are the food the shops like it's just people handing me paper and then all the paper ended up on the floor because no one really wanted it mm -hmm. so the first thing we did was as i came in there and i made a percentage system so it's 10 percent nonprofit in local community 45 percent food 45 percent retail now so it gives a good balance too sweet yeah yeah so it's a mix of like a concert a uh, farmer's market and a charity event all at once we've got definitely to, we, next year we've got to get that anthony guy what's his name the richmond uh, oh, Anthony, Oliver Anthony. That would be great. That oh would be so yeah. cool. You blew my freaking mind. He's from Fisherville, Virginia. He's well, now we've kind of missed it. I mean, but the fair has he's, he's super famous now. <laughs> now he's too famous. Right. <laughs> Number one on iTunes. The fair has Young Gravy this year, so there's oh. a chance that we could do something really cool. And you know, Snoop Dogg's been up here. You know, so. Oliver yeah. Anthony, yeah. if you're hearing this podcast all the way in Virginia, hit us up. We'd love to have you on You're from yeah. Virginia. I'm from Virginia. I'm yeah. about an hour away from where you Really? Just, just find him, network him. Man, you know, you can yeah. get there. Well, before. The two weeks ago, it would have been possible. What's now. that thing? Is like within four connections, you know everybody or something? Yes, yes. Yeah. There's a guy who does that who's like, I can prove I'm related to Queen Elizabeth, you know, and he'll like go way Yeah, back I dated his, his, his uh, mom's sister. And, and there you school. go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's going to help, Nick. I think we're still on speaking terms. <laughs> I'm your dad. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Nick, that is. Yeah. yeah. Uncle, I love it. <laughs> so um, the first year I took it over, it was right after the pandemic. It was small. It was First and Second Avenue. Mm. The third year was first, second, third. This year was first, second, and fourth. Um, but another uh, awesome. thing that we started to do. Why do we skip third? Uh, oh, first, second, third, third and fourth. Ah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. You okay. We didn't grow. We just skipped the street. Spread <laughs> <laughs> it differently. Right. Costco method where they move the store around every week oh, so you don't know where it is. And it's like is. brand new. Yeah. You never know. Exactly. You never yeah. know. So that's what we do with the. <laughs> yeah. So every year it's been like steady growth, which has been really, really exciting too. And then yeah. we're prioritizing like local vendors as opposed to like vendors from the valley um, when we can. Right. We love to see variety and stuff too. But if there's a small local business who wants to do it that's from Fairbanks, I love that's to admit those guys. Yeah. 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 So is there, when you're planning these things, so with it growing, are you, are you guessing beforehand, like, hey, we need to block this much off, or do you get, like, pre-sales or whatever you want to call it, and then decide well, the size? Like, January, how, which way so. does it go, I guess? So um, I open up the applications with a number in mind. I'm like, hey, if we hit 65 by March, then we're probably going to take up three or four. Okay. You know, but um, once we with the goal of getting 150 for last year the goal was 150 so okay. um what'd you hit last year remember last year i think we were at 145 oh, which was nice. good um yeah because yeah, i don't think i think that if we admitted any more it would have been a little too crowded so yeah. i think it was perfect I tried until to make... next year when we open on fifth avenue exactly yeah, well yeah. with the Seriously. players building coming down um oh, oh. And, and to answer your question to know how much we mark off we go through the city permit which is a traffic control plan so yeah they like know where to put the like no part or no mm -hmm. like street closed and everything signs with it too. being like so establish is that something that is a battle to do or it's just like oh we've done it a lot just get the proper paperwork through the footprint changes often and we have to get permissions for like um like we use the mecca's power so we have to have a little mini contract with the mecca mm. and like so there's lots of footwork for connecting the community i'm super happy to do it and right. everyone that gives permissions for either electricity or their parking lots like the big race parking lot yeah they're always a pleasure and they always expect us to be coming but it's nice to connect everyone too we always ask like, is there anything you want to do in particular this year? And Big Race was like, yeah, we're doing this new mural. Like, we would love to have yeah. seating there. And I was like, that is genius. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, please yeah. put seating there. Because I hate when people have to sit on the curb because mm -hmm. oh, yeah. I can only imagine. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Cool. So you put that all together mm -hmm. and you finish that up. Wonderful event. And then you <laughs> go and you basically pretty quickly start into the winter solstice, right? Yeah, yeah. I pretty much take a two-week break and then go right into winter solstice, which is the fireworks, the reindeer downtown. Um, and I'm shocked like at how long too. this takes. I shouldn't be, I guess, because I know it's a big event, so I'm yeah. not, like, trying to downplay that. But you're, yeah, so you're really working on things like six, not six months. I I for my military planning, whatever, what you see from the outside is, like, oh, you block off downtown, you have people sign up, and you're done. Like, yeah. it's not that hard. But what you're not figuring out is, like you said, the traffic pattern, the mm -hmm. permit process. Plus, it's not like the borough is really the quickest to turn 
turning around paperwork, mm-hmm. right? You got to wait for people to sign off on things. Then you got to work on like, okay, well, you got one spot, but you want a 20 foot tent versus yep. this person has a 10 foot tent, you know? A lot of measurements. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes my fiance and I will go downtown and it'll be like 11 and we have like this big long cloth and I'm like, okay, it's, we have to do it right now because there's no one driving. We're not going to like interfere with anyone. So we're out there oh, measuring yeah. the streets, you know, yeah. just to double check everything. So yeah, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> Drive by real fast when they're doing that. Right. Yeah. Put up the banners in the dead of night kind of thing. <laughs> so um, definitely not OSHA approved, but they're up. So, yeah. <laughs> so what's a, like a brief explanation of the winter solstice? Then? So the winter solstice, um, when I first started working with the Downtown Association, who does the Winter Solstice yeah. as well, they do a lot of really cool events, but they're so. I want to talk key. about them too. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. something I want. Like, we'll talk about later, but I want to get back to like promoting a little bit more, kind of yes. what we're trying to do with you. Yeah, yeah. do it for the entire city. So, but they're, yeah, they're one of the coolest entities in downtown that uh-huh. I feel like is so like undercover and low key, and they've gone through many transitions too. Uh-huh. But mm-hmm. they're behind a lot of the really big events. So I'm, they're one of my favorite clients, hands down. Yeah. So your question of the Winter Solstice Festival, when I first started doing it after the pandemic, it was just the Downtown Association doing fireworks. But we noticed that there was also the Fairbanks Economic Development Corporation's Moose on the Loose happening at the Mm -hmm. same time, which I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. Not at all. Oh, man. That's one of my favorite events. And when I started dating my fiance, the first thing he said, he was like, I feel like you know Fairbanks that no one else knows like how do you, you know, know the underground fairbanks the so. secret menu so. of fairbanks yeah, yeah. The secret menu of fairbanks i love that um and so the moose and the loose is basically a community scavenger hunt where they ask local businesses for free to donate like they'll be entered into it for free they all you have to do is donate like a 25 dollars door prize so you can start at any one of those locations you get a passport and then as you stop in they sign it off and then each one you sign off you get entered in to win their door prize oh, okay. and then when you're finished you just leave your passport at whatever participating, participating business and they'll do the drawing and call you after and be like you won a necklace or whatever the door prize might be oh sweet so that's along with the like at the same time or is it yeah so oh, okay. that was happening at the same time and the morris thompson had a holiday bazaar at the same time so i was mm-hmm. like why don't we combine all of these awesome entities and try doing it as one. Yeah. Um, and also the Borough Tree Lights Walk, like if that Griffin Walk, you know, um, where they have local businesses decorate the trees and then mm. they hold a oh, contest. Yeah. The winner gets to donate the proceeds to mm-hmm. a local nonprofit too. So the saddest thing, it seems to happen every year, is somebody strings their lights upside down. There's always one that's unlit because mm-hmm. they you, put the outlet exactly at the top. Why. <laughs> and you're like, oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> right, <laughs> a lot right? of effort. <laughs> and like, so they don't want to do it twice. <laughs> I know, and it's often it's cold too. So, right, but we wanted to combine all these four entities that are doing really cool things independently into one. So it used to be the Solstice Spectacular fireworks downtown a very long kind of mm-hmm. tangly name and so then when we came together it was just the winter solstice festival so now i'm working with all four of them to promote under one umbrella which is making each of them stronger because each of them are not doing anything inherently different than what they were doing mm-hmm. but they're all sh- gaining shared exposure by working together which i who, think is the bedrock of fairbanks who does the uh, oh i guess this is at new year's over by the college who does the fireworks show oh that's that, i think that's yeah that's yeah. uaf and, oh, that is um, UAF. Okay. and i think the uaf also does um fireworks for solstice too if i remember right oh, or maybe okay. it's the same now i'm not sure yeah. yeah yeah i don't know yeah but ours is really long it's like 20 minutes right downtown yeah. so oh, yeah. it's really fun and the live reindeer are really neat too mm-hmm. so it's unique to see downtown that's my favorite i hate buying quiz fireworks. for the day what is the difference between a reindeer and a caribou the paddle right the little like no, no. Mm-hmm. they're the same species. They're once t- not really domesticated, but it's considered domesticated. <laughs> yeah. Reindeers oh. are considered domesticated, yeah. while mm-hmm. caribou are considered wild. It's like a dog but the really, the difference is uh, the caribou is the North American version. Reindeer, technically, the Scandinavian version. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same species. Mm-hmm. There, there we go. Yes, sir. <laughs> I just listened to some meat eater podcast <laughs> trivia. And got that I was out. ready for it. Yes. I love it. <laughs> All we right. should do an episode of what, they have a board game coming out. Do they? We should do an episode of us going through get a few. We should people create together. a Fairbanks board game. That'd be cool too. There's That'd already cool. Fairbanksopoly, but we could do it way better. I know we could. Life, Fairbanks life. <laughs> oh, I love it. In order to pass here, you got to chop down a tree and prepare for winter. <laughs> in the winter months, you get you <gasps> like half your movement. Like you get you a got two, snowed you get a one. in, you got yes. a snowplow. <laughs> yeah. but, but the snowplow piece gets to move twice as fast as everybody else through the winter months. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. So what we, if, could, we could do this. What if we I'm back out, not actual board game, but like a real life game where you do like you get points for doing like very Alaskan things. That's a different mm. thing. We can do yeah. a downtown scavenger hunt with our new friend Olivia over here and we can do like a bar crawl 
We're going to talk so after this. We're going to take over this. Hey, Fairbanks, we just got so much more fun. Yes, yes, I'm just saying, like, you were talking about these things that started four years ago. Yeah. It was some furniture store who just started doing something. But yeah. when, now it's when like do this things staple. start now? Like, I feel like, that's what I'm saying. That's looking that. back in time, like, all these fairs began so many years ago. Cities yeah. were created so many years ago. Like, I feel like the 50 years ago, cool shit was happening. I agree. And now we're just, like, trying to survive. And I hear about it from mm. my, my mom and my dad who grew up here. And my grandma, when she was here, too, she would always talk about it and, like, how different, like, the pipeline days were uh-huh. here. And yeah. I think that I have to remind myself that Fairbanks is a young town. Like, we just hit our 125th True. anniversary of, like, being a real town. Mm-hmm. So there's True. still tons of time. Like you look, And at, we haven't even been American that entire time. Exactly, It's only exactly. been, like, 60 years. Right. So you look at cities in Lower 48 and all uh-huh. cool things they're doing. Some of those things started 30 years ago. But that's not that far off for when us. When it gets controversial, I think part of it, too, is society. We're shifting yeah. from doing cool stuff in person and doing cool stuff online. I and agree. so it's really hard to get... If you walk around these fairs and stuff, like, you go at certain days and it's only the gray-haired people. Mm-hmm. And you go, well... Then you go the next day, and it's a bunch of other gray-haired people, but it's dyed blue-haired people, right? Yeah. So, so like the generational thing, it's like we're not all. I don't. It's really hard. I guess the fair is the only place where I go where I see everybody all at once because it's there for a certain amount of time. Here's my theory. Although I think the Midnight Sun Festival is a close second to having everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, At different times of the day. Different times of the day, but yeah. When I don't know. I think we're swinging back, actually. So not mm-hmm. the online stuff, but the transient, because we've become so, like, people moving all over. Even, like, 50 years ago, that didn't happen near as frequently. Mm-hmm. You kind of were raised in a town and lived there. And I think we're kind of, while people are still moving a lot, obviously, the idea of having hometown, just mm-hmm. like with us, we're all pretty young, is, like, very appealing and not like and again there's a lot of people living out of vans and stuff too that's totally fine but i think there's a large sector of people who are like young and like you know what it's actually nice to have roots and to know mm-hmm. your town really well and to be a big part of something yeah mm-hmm. um, and so, i'm not from here i'm i'm one of that transplant alaskans right yeah. i chose to be here yes. but you choose to involve right. yourself you don't and, choose to move but that's what years. i love yeah. about this place is like yeah. i want to get more involved i want to make this place my hometown i my story has been mentioned numerous times on different episodes but um i never lived anywhere longer than four years and that was high school and college. Like, mm-hmm. that was just because that was a four-year period of my life. I've yeah. been around every three years before that. Mm-hmm. But I've been here for seven now. So yeah. this is my home. Like, I've been here longer than anywhere else without moving. And yep. and that's why, like, I love these festivals and the fairs and the bazaars and all these things we do. I'm not going to lie. Some of them are cheesy. But but it's like well, Fairbanks cheesy. cheesy. Yeah. I, I love that. It's small town it's cheesy stuff. Fairbanks. Like yeah. like hearing Blake crying on the fair ride when he got stuck upside down and his thighs were sweating and his daughter's oh, right no. next to him laughing. Oh. Like that that kind of stuff. Like, no. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> no, he's he's lying about that. Ring the fire. No, there was some about it two weeks ago. Yeah, that I just, a scary one. Yeah, no, I took my six year old on it. I was like, I want to go. I hate to go on roller coasters alone. And my oldest daughter's like, I'm not going on that thing. And so my middle, who's six, is like, I'll go with you. I was like, you sure? Herself. Yeah, and it was she was absolutely terrified. I was like holding her in her seat, and yeah, I got off. Anyways, my calves were unbelievably. I had cramps for like three days because I was holding like my body so tight, like trying to wedge myself. And, and so, for anybody who obviously can't see us here, Blake is like six foot four, like two hundred and thirty-five pounds, and his daughter is like a four-foot mini 40, person 40 that's pounds. like 40, 45 maybe top. Yeah, I think my they dog weighs more than your daughter. Because yeah. you do have the minimum height thing mm-hmm. there, and it was four foot, and she was a it and I was like I don't think she's four foot tall I've never I haven't measured her again I, I shouldn't say I never measure her but I should say <laughs> she's actually four foot I think they move that thing down to get more uh, deep breath in. <gasps> yeah right, well the kid right. in front of me and maybe I told you this too he was young he was older but he loved it it was like his yeah. fifth time on he literally when the ride got done they have to come like release you you mm-hmm. know he just like slipped out so just I'm like man if he's like, scary <laughs> that yeah we're hanging upside down he could have slipped out up there oh, too I was like oh my gosh that kid is not big enough to be in this ride <laughs> so but I bet anyways. they're gonna remember going on that ride with you forever yeah well, yeah. now I turned it around. I was like, listen, it's that was scary. I don't know why you made me do that. And she's like, what are you talking about? You, you made, made me, me do that. <laughs> yeah. And I said, but it's really great to do scary things because yeah. you made it through. You're totally right. fine. Yeah. And now the oldest daughter's like, next year I'm doing it. And then yeah. the one who was like, literally, like her eyes were bulging. She was not crying, but getting there. She's like, I think I'll do it again next year just yeah. to prove like she can. I was like, all right, sweet. That's guys. good. Teach you're not doing grit. it with me. It's it's grit. No, it yeah. is. Because like. <laughs> So many people are so scared of fears that, like, aren't going to kill you, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, and, and like, the ability of people nowadays to get into that uncomfortable part of your life and experience life. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I hate hunting. I'm cold. I'm wet. Like, my butt hurts from sitting on ATV. My legs hurt from walking miles. Like, my back hurts from the rucksack. You only hate it in the moment. 
But afterwards, it's like a lifelong story and memory. And same thing yeah. with your daughter. She's going to be like, I remember when I was like seven years old and I was hanging upside down next to my yeah. dad. And it was a cool story. Yeah, yeah. totally. So. And I think it's about like learning what fear feels like so that you aren't overcome with it in a real moment where mm-hmm. you are afraid. And you yeah. like, have mm-hmm. already have experience with it, like building up a resistance almost. Yep. Yeah. And she lived. Yeah, Training that fight or flight method. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, in her mind, she's probably thinking this is... Like the way I'm telling you, like her, it was like deer in headlights. Like I'm gonna I die. could tell, yeah, exactly. So that's what it felt like. And to I don't her. even know what death is yet because I'm so young. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, but that that life very, is about to end. Yeah. Very real feeling for her. Where, but then you get to the other end, she was totally unscathed. Obviously, mm-hmm. she didn't fall out. It is kind of like this moment of like, oh, especially for kids, like they don't experience that very often. It's like, oh, I, I'm okay. Like I yeah. did this really hard thing, and you know, I made it through totally yeah. fine so and I bet your reaction had a lot to do with that because if you came off and you're like oh my gosh are you okay are you okay she probably yeah. would have been like wow that was really really scary but if you're like wow yeah. look at you kiddo you did that it. is the sole reason right there why mm-hmm. I laugh at kids when they hurt themselves well it- <laughs> <laughs> stupid <laughs> <laughs> Olivia nodded at first I want everyone to know and then she kind of thought <laughs> about like, hey. I was like hold up well I don't have kids Next yet so I'm like I don't this. know if I'm gonna laugh but I might I might at so, first you won't there's yeah. something <laughs> funny about um, not kids falling that's that's, uh, that's sad. No, it's hilarious when they but look at you for your reaction to figure out if they should laugh or cry. Yeah. Exactly. And they're yeah. like, uh, uh, and if, as soon as you say, are you okay? They're like, oh, I'm not. Uh, no, but I'm as soon not. as you laugh at it, they're like, yeah, that was funny. I'm like, you <laughs> are not a real person. You're a computer program. Right. But yeah. there is something really special about growing up here in Fairbanks. <clears throat> you get like the wilderness. You get like a little slice of city. You get like the big Anchorage trip that you'll remember forever too. Like, are we there yet? Mm-hmm. But yeah. Fairbanks has one of the highest um, retirement rates for the military People members. coming back, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you know that. But when I. And it has nothing to do with the PFD, that little bit of money does not convince people to say No, oh, I would yeah. say not. Yeah. But um, it when I worked on the Military Appreciation Banquet with the Chamber a couple years ago, we did a whole story on Jim Messer. And I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with him either. Mm-hmm. But he, he was a local car salesman and a lot of his clientele were military members. And he was like, you know what? I'm going to hold like a little barbecue for the new people that I met this year from the military. And I'm going to also invite my Fairbanks friends so they can get integrated. Mm-hmm. So he started doing a barbecue every year at his house and he would invite military members and community members. It was kind of like an open house. Mm-hmm. So it eventually got so big that they had to start renting out bigger and bigger spaces. And now it's at the Carlson Center. Huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know exactly how many tickets, but there's like uh, like 45 tables with like eight people each. So mm-hmm. huge. But all of that started because someone was like, I see a connection between two different communities. Why don't we foster it and grow it? So I think that that still rings true today with military people coming here because I've heard from time and time again, people are like, I've never felt more welcomed and also like exhilarated with the community. And I think that that is something that's really hard to find in our changing culture. You know, uh-huh. everything's online, but here everything is so in person, right. I would argue, um, as opposed to lower 48. So you said that we, um, I, I want to use this tidbit in the future. So mm-hmm. I'm asking, so yeah. we have the highest like return rate for the military or what was, what was well, that? Well, so military gets sent up here most of the time kicking and screaming yep. yeah. we have the highest rate of people that like me came here not knowing what Alaska was about being like oh god it's going to be a weird four years mm-hmm. and then stay here so yeah. get out of the military retire here whatever and wind up staying here hmm. if you look at Fort Bragg they probably have more people total that get out of the army there but then they all go back to their home like most people yeah. when they get out of the military go back to where they're from mm-hmm. and then the army will when you ETS is what we call it but exit the service that's not what ETS stands for, but when you exit the service, um, <laughs> good to me. yeah, Sold. almost like it was like, yeah. Uh, when you exit the service, what they do is they, they pay for your household goods to be shipped back as far as your home of record. So where you entered the army at. Yeah. Oh. And so for example, me getting out in Alaska, they would have paid all the way to Virginia, draw a circle around the entire country. They would have moved me anywhere I wanted within that radius. Yeah. I um, but most people here in Alaska don't take advantage of that because they stay here. And that's, yeah. I think what you're getting at. Definitely. Definitely. And even people who like get stationed up here and then go somewhere else and then they're, they're like, I want to go back. And that yeah. happens. I mean, I've had clients that literally oh, have sold their houses time. here, yeah. left for Maine, mid Montana, Texas, whatever. Call me back two years later. Hey, we made a mistake. My neighbor, in fact, <laughs> just moved to Arizona three years ago. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, we hate Fairbanks. Screw that cold. Yeah. Came back, and now they're living next door again, and they're like, eh, love a good Alaska boomerang. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. really what we thought it would be. Yeah. I've and always I... told people there's a magic to Alaska because I've moved away a few times, and the last time I moved away, I was already kind of aware of it. Someone's like, you'll be back. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I could be. Well, I don't you know. Are. I'm just You're living the last my, I did, right now. Yeah, I, I came back, but I wasn't like. It's I'm, like herpes. 
can't I think, get rid of Well, some people leave Alaska, and I try never to leave an area like this, and like, screw this place. Like, this has all these negative things, and there's always mm-hmm. negative somewhere. But I was like, yeah, maybe I will be. And then when people, again, down south, they'd be like, you ever think you go back? I was like, you know, to be honest, I probably will. Like, I, I don't feel I like it right now. Yeah. I yeah. <laughs> it's probably going to happen at some point. Yeah, sure enough, like, our situation, which is kind of funny, was like, for me, almost out of the blue, like not at all thinking I was going to move. It and wasn't then, a plan. It just <clears throat> happened. Mm-hmm. Eight weeks later, I was back in Alaska. <laughs> it was like, oh, geez. So, um, yeah, when it draws, calls, it draws, whatever. Yeah. And I think growing up here, because growing up to high school, everyone was like, I cannot wait to leave Fairbanks. Mm, my I daughter, Crystal's kids, they're yeah. all saying the same thing. They're like, we need to get out of here. It's an echo chamber. I don't know and why it's, that is. I don't know why either, but it's true. Well, they I do know need exactly what it is. They do uh, need to get out and experience like, how awful the rest of the world is. Yeah. Um, but it's because we don't have that young person entertainment scene here. We have 100%. a movie theater, but it's not booming, right? Really? We have we have the Spur and the Big Eye and Mecca and Midnight Mine and these little little bars and stuff, but there's no party scene here. Mm-hmm. And if it is, no offense, Army guys, you guys ruin it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I was one of you, I know. Yeah. Uh, I'm the one that you met at 2 o'clock in the morning at the police station and signed your waivers. Um, <laughs> so, like, all these things... Um, I think that's what it is. You know, yeah. everybody, ex- and, and my, my wife does the same thing. Like, she wants to be in Vegas at these nightclubs and, and pool parties and, and this entertainment scene that is really for that 20 to 35-year-old crowd. Yeah. And that's what we're lacking. That's why the cabin, mm-hmm. the venue, yep. um, all these newer little establishments are really uh, Lavelle's Tap House, Tuffy's. There are some really cool venues that we got here. They're just kind of spread throughout town, and they're, they're, they're more of an intimate setting where you and your friends can have that same experience. Mm-hmm. There's no complete stranger setting other than really the spur yeah and i think that um if we look at old pictures of fairbanks it's like you see second avenue with all the neon lights and i'm like i wish we had like an old-timey saloon like if we could remodel the mecca to be like a saloon type (laughs) or soapies soapy smiths oh yeah i completely forgot about where you kick in yeah Mm -hmm. leave your side arms at the door Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) just an old-timey themed (laughs) saloon would be really cool you look at old pictures of fairbanks and you see like bars on flanking second avenue all the neon like my Uh grandparents would talk about going bar hopping down there um, in the pipeline days, mm-hmm. and you look at it now, and it's a one-sided street. You have the big hotel, uh, and that was a decision to take down all those bars there. Yeah, um, I really wish we did keep like that old time feel, like the co-op too. on both sides of the street. I mean, yeah. we love Lavelle's. The hotel's obviously needed. Yep. But really downtown riverfront, like right there, where yeah. like the the heart of the city is. Mm-hmm. And the courthouse is so beautiful. Like, don't get me wrong. So but beautiful, but in a stupid location. The riverfront property right there. Like, imagine if we had the opportunity to put a restaurant there, or mm-hmm. you know, or something. even keep that building there. Yeah. Put businesses in it. Yep. Rooftop bar, like oh, maybe really like cool. a, like an entertainment system. Amphitheater uh, thing. Yeah, amphitheater. Mm-hmm. This thing, like we have the Carlson Center, which is on the other side of town. Yeah. But also is not really like we don't have a lot of con- like I don't know. There's a lot of things in your industry that I would love to like cherish, and bring up here and do. Yeah. But it's so hard because one, we're not really on the map. Mm-hmm. Two, we are pretty small. I mean, we went to the, what is it, Chris Young concert? Yeah. A great time, but we couldn't even fill the Carlson Center. Like, mm-hmm. if that concert happened in Charlotte, it'd be sold out. Right, And you, right. Wouldn't, want, you wouldn't have enjoyed it either because there were so many people there. But um, it's kind of a dichotomy that we got to work out. That's what I was going to say. Totally. I think these are the prices you pay for being smaller that I'm, like, totally willing to pay. Like, personally, I don't I don't go to bars. I don't mm-hmm. bar hot. I, like, do, don't do any of that. So none of this, anymore. like. I agree. Yeah. yeah, that's true, too. Um, but maybe you would if there was more of an maybe area for it. Yeah, but, like, but I, I probably like wouldn't. Even if there, yeah, <laughs> if there was that, I probably wouldn't do it myself. But. There is, like we were talking about the cheesy, yeah, (laughs) like the cheesy events maybe that happen sometimes. Yeah. Like when I was 17, I'd just be like, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed by like my town in a way. But now it's like one of those things where it's like, this is small town like light. Like it's okay to have like a bad, I don't know, magic act or something going. It's like, it's just fine. Like I don't, you don't need to be embarrassed for fair. It's like, this is like small town. You're not going to have all the same things as a big town, obviously, but what you get in return, like. There's a reason people want to live in small towns. The you know community. What I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and like the people around you. Like I recently bought our, my first house. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's right By the way, she did not use Summit Realty yeah. Group. So Get that her out of here. This podcast <laughs> is <laughs> over. And <laughs> we're done. <laughs> um, but I was really passionate, obviously, about living downtown. So we bought mm-hmm. one on Third Avenue. And oh, sweet. it was so fun to get to know your neighbors. And they all know the history of their house. Mm-hmm. And like my house was built by the um, Tommy's Elbow Room owner. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like the history there is so cool. 
cool and they all know like their little hidden history and I think that the more people know about the history the brighter the future will be which to most people they're like what do you mean like we have to move forward forward but I think when you appreciate you gotta have a good foundation you can can build a third and fourth story on your house but if your foundation sucks then it's gonna crumble to the ground same thing with Fairbanks like we do have such a rich and vibrant history if we can build upon that if we can Mm -hmm. and and it goes back to the country too because now I get political for the last few minutes of this episode (laughs) you know uh, pride and nationalism and stuff is seen as a negative thing but like I love my country and I think most people do but we're we're getting into this age where like it's kind of not cool to be patriotic to to, to like your flag and stuff like that and so same thing going back to Fairbanks if we can build that hey I am from the interior of Alaska the middle of freaking nowhere Mm -hmm. but we have all these cool things then we can build for the future quicker and better and and I think that's something that you're doing that I, I you know Good job. Keep <laughs> Thank it up. You. Um, and, and hopefully we can, with this podcast, continue to grow that and, yeah. and, and really grow that foundation that is Fairbanks. Yeah. I, and I don't want to come across negative because all the things that we were talking about, I think, are all, like, positive things. But there has been, historically, and I think this will go in with what you're doing, um, there's been kind of a migration from people living downtown. Like, mm-hmm. it's mostly we were talking with yeah. Kellen, yes. ta- Kellen uh, going to, like, the Badger Road North Pole area is exploding. And not that it's a direct movement there, but right. just, you yeah, know. They're not leaving downtown to move there. It's just right. population. Like it's growth. spreading yeah. differently. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So um, I, I, you can look at it as a negative thing. I'm kind of, as we're sitting and talking about, seeing it as more an opportunity to kind of change what the downtown mm-hmm. area could be. Maybe it's, I mean, you still want And part of what but, you're saying mm-hmm. is, is, is dichotomy, too. Because if you look at every other town in America, they tear down their downtowns to rebuild them. Then they yeah. tear them down to rebuild them. Kind of like what we're doing with the Players Building. But you know what we're not doing? Go two blocks over to 3rd, 4th, 5th Avenue over on Cal Street. We're not tearing down those 1940s cabins and rebuilding a condo complex or yeah, a hotel. Yeah, that's appreciated. And so it's like, yeah. I appreciate that because we get to keep that old history. But at the same time, like, that's the reason why the downtown area is not growing, mm-hmm. why businesses aren't coming to it, mm-hmm. because it is antiquated. It, it yeah. is older and outdated. Interesting. And yeah. so it's, it's this dichotomy of like, well, I know what the answer is. Buy up this block. Yeah. Push those people into those suburbs, and let's build a new. Well, venue. what would you? I, I would have an idea just off this conversation. What would you have downtown look like if you could wave a wand? If I could wave a wand, ooh, that would be so fun. I would slightly move the Spring Hill Suites so we could keep some of those historic bars. You know, uh-huh. maybe put the Spring Hill Suites where the hotel is, and do like a firmer ground floor of like restaurant you know like actually like uh-huh. um have retail space in the bottom followed by the hotel that would be amazing uh-huh. but i think or that housing housing affordable housing yeah. right now is what i would like to see definitely i think everybody deserves to buy a house but i think if we could do something where the bottom two or three floors and i'm not talking skyscrapers but definitely. like larger buildings it was a 10-story building just like the players just like players just like and we have two or three better. of those the bottom two floors are businesses maybe bottom is retail second is office space and then third and up is housing exactly mm. exactly that, that would be, be amazing and that yeah. way we could use downtown a little bit better. I think so too. And when you drive around downtown, you can't help but notice all the grassy lots or dilapidated houses that someone put up here years ago and have Home long forgotten. Uh-huh. Yeah. So when you look at that, there, there is a map yeah, um, yeah. out there that has a list of all of the grassy lots in town and all of the dilapidated properties that oh. are ready to get turn, torn down. And so the, Can we this, start buying these up? I mean, someone's got to because what we're running yeah. into. And we got three people right here with credit scores. So let's do it. Oh yeah, <laughs> credit scores. Uh, credit score? Oh yeah, so good. Um, <laughs> so uh, for the day, if you want to success, uh, set your kids up for success as a child, you need to add them as an authorized user in your credit card. Do not give them access to your credit card because you will go broke. But put them on an authorized user and then pay your credit card regularly, and they will have an 800 credit score by the time they graduate. Done. Easy peasy. Um, but I would also love to be able to see the mixing of old and new. Like those grassy lots, there yes, are there you. are enough to make cool fourplexes. But what we're running into is the developers are aging out. They're, That's their our biggest problem. Their right kids are now. kind of like, eh, why those. would I do that uh-huh. if I can just like not do anything and just ride on the investments that my family's made? So mm-hmm. there isn't new money in here. That's like let's make it cool again because the old money I feel like maybe doesn't have to. We we've talked about it a ton, but there's so many profitable businesses that do not have problem making money mm-hmm. shutting down because they don't want to do it anymore they're aging out yeah um their kids don't want it it's like this 
I, how many times have we heard the same story? Yeah, it's all the time. And, and we're about to, and we're going to hear more and more because this boomer generation is, is they're all about to retire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, us millennials are about to take over that position as the old timers because now we've got Gen Z, Gen X, Gen Y, Gen closely. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I don't even know <laughs> yeah. where we're at. Whole alphabet. Exactly. <laughs> so, so we're now getting into that older generation, and we are all social media grown. We are all doing online jobs. I mean, looking at all of us right now, yep. we sit behind a computer most of the day. Those boomers are still working with their hands at sixty-five. I mean, yeah. think of your home inspectors and your appraisers and those guys that are out there, you know, beating the pavement, uh, builders. And every day, I just found out, like, two more companies that I use regularly close down in July. Mm-hmm. Construction companies, pest control, that kind of yeah. stuff. And they're not because they can't find work. We're not. It's not that. work. No, no, no. no, no. Take the it's, it's literally there's nobody to work in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody to operate them, to run them. And that's the problem. I'm about to sell two more businesses that are is struggling with similar issues yeah. where it's, it's uh, not, not my businesses. I'm just selling them. Um, but it's, it's refilling the working population mm-hmm. because there is a waiting list for things to get done. Yeah. Yeah, I come from a union family, so like blue collar jobs have always been really, really important mm-hmm. to us. And I think that when you're going through high school, um, college is pushed a lot. But I think if people realize that you can make just as much or more in a blue collar job, that I think that right now I'll tell you the yeah. tide's about to turn, and we're oversaturated in IT jobs yes. and marketing jobs and real estate agents <laughs> right, and all right. that <laughs> stuff. Right. There's too many of us. That's a yeah, There really yeah. is. I mean, we yeah. lost a hundred this year, and I can't even tell you what hundred left. Like yeah. I looked at the numbers, we went from four hundred to three hundred. I, everybody I know is still doing real estate, so yeah. who, who quit? Like, literally, I don't even know anymore, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but um, contractors, builders, like, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't want us just throwing up cheap, quick houses and, you know, there being a vacancy and oversaturation of the market, but done correctly, we are losing, uh, and I read this, but I'm trying to remember the numbers. NAR put this out. I'll try to post a link in the uh, description. But it was... Um, for the, if you take 10 people right now that are working in the industry, in the next five years, they will be down to four. Mm-hmm. If you're looking in the next five to 10 years, how many are being added back into that? It's one for every 10. Oh my goodness. So that means if you have 10 contractors right now, in five to 10 years, we'll only have five of those. And one will be new and four will be aging out as well. And it's already hard enough to find And they said 15 <laughs> years, if we don't figure out technology to take over these jobs, these yeah. blue collar jobs, which is the last thing we're putting technology towards. Mm-hmm. We're, we're automating designers, graphic yeah. designers, copywriters. Right. And what we're doing is we're leaving these blue collar jobs, you know, back breaking labor alone. Yeah. Um, yeah. That being said, I saw some 3D printing houses recently. It's really cool technology. It'd be cool if we can bring that up. I literally mm-hmm. like watched the thought come into his head. <laughs> like, well, this is an interesting thing I'm going to bring up. Uh, mark my words here today. I think there's going to be a major shift <clears throat> in like businesses, I hope, or I'm, I'm pushing for the way businesses are bought and sold. Because it is like one of these huge, and I've said this many times, where like houses didn't used to be such an investment avenue. And mm-hmm. now you can see like Black, mm-hmm. Blackstone, Black, Black Rock. Rock, Black Rock. Blackstone is a grill. Oh yeah. That's what it is. So all these companies, anyways, we're at a time where there's a real maturation of doing real estate investing. I think we're in the baby stages of people buying businesses. Like the financing for businesses is basically non-existent. non-existent. You got to owner finance everything. Part, yeah. 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 And that's how, if you look back at houses, it that's was, how they work. it was like five year balloon. Conventional loan, 20% yeah. down. Yeah. You know, now it's like, you can get one for 1% No, I'm down saying way back. Yeah. Like you would have a five year loan, you'd pay interest only. And then at the end of five years you had to buy your whole house like that's what it used to be before like all these yeah. long-term mortgages so i think we're like kind of almost in that zone where it's like all right people can't buy these so i think there's gonna be a huge shift in a good way but it's also like right now guys it is like this is the the gold mine era of if you want to buy businesses these businesses again that are making literally millions of dollars they're closing their doors because i got one literally coming you are, <laughs> if you are in the automotive business and you want to make a million dollars a year give me a call i got a property that's going to or a business that's coming up for sale soon like literally it like sounds good to, too good to be true but like you just hear them over and over and it's because like, these guys are retiring and nobody yeah. wants to take over it's wild like and literally the if you are willing is, to work yeah you it could take time. out a loan as a 21 year old make a million dollars by a 24 year old be debt-free as a 25 year old yeah they or you can graduate college at 24, have a great degree that gives you unlimited potential, but a low return on investment. Mm-hmm. Yep. And also a high investment of t- your time. Too. Exactly. Yeah, because yes. it, yeah. it is a lot of time sitting in front of a computer where you, and when you run your own business, it's much different. You know, mm-hmm. you aren't like, 
okay, it's 4.45, I need to sit in front of this computer 15 more minutes, what am I going to do? Like, right. that is such a waste of time. It's mm-hmm. not proper time management. Right. No. Yeah. But we will be 7 o'clock at night working still if you mm-hmm. want your own business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, well, you, I don't want to work 9 to 5, so I start my own business. Now I'm working 24 hours seven, a day. Yeah. Yeah, it feels different. I'm telling it you. Does. Because you love it. You yeah. love it. Yeah. And no one's, like, critiquing you harder than you would critique yourself. And this is going to be a humble brag here, but you know one thing that as a business owner I love the most is being able to employ others. Yeah. And, and being like, hey, the only reason your family can afford housing and food is because I I'm paying you like, like mm-hmm. it's not the I'm I'm so awesome that I'm giving you money thing. It's the like I've created a business that is so successful that it can afford to pay for another family yeah. or two or five. Yeah. And so that's the thing that like a lot of people don't think about there as far as like the return of your efforts when you start your own business. Like I love entrepreneurship. I could do a mm-hmm. whole podcast just on that. But it's community minded. Like it you're is. you're not like oh look at me I could give these people money. It's like you can support a family. Right. That that family is going to support other families right. and help other families. Same thing with the need. homeless population we have here. Yeah. Like I rather give all of them a job than give them a dollar. Mm-hmm. And most of them if you offer them a job you'll get turned down. I was going to say it'd be hard for you to find someone yeah, I that think, will take in a job. situation like that that would. Small story to end this podcast, but uh, when I first moved up here, I was really big into helping the homeless population. And up here, I saw, like, I was like, there's no way that people are actually homeless up here. Mm-hmm. It's really cold and hard and, 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 and rough up here. So I used to carry around uh, little airplane bottles mm-hmm. and Subway gift, gift cards. And they always airplane come and ask for, yeah, ask for a thing, you know, can I have some, can I have some? And I'm like, well, you, you have one of these two. Which one do you want? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And ironically, I thought it would be a lot more of the airplane bottles. It was about 50-50. Huh. But the cool thing is when people are actually like, hey, I really don't want the money. I'd rather have the booze. Mm-hmm. Cool. Before you take the money and lie to somebody and put that bad karma in the universe, we just did something good. Mm-hmm. I think our homeless people are a lot tougher than uh, most just regular people. I think are. so, too. Yeah, yeah. It's if a 40 bum there. fights wasn't unethical, I think Fairbanks would be the champion of bum fights. Oh, so we, so we, we have some hard this is people here. Little, to make it a little lighthearted, and then I, I want to talk about your business to, like, cap us <laughs> off. Sorry. Um, the One of my friends had another friend who, the way he tells me this story is kind of funny. He's like, he decided to be homeless, which is kind of a weird way to say that. But yeah. basically, so he's like, I'm, he had his rough times. Obviously, this is not like a well-off person, but, and he decides, all right, I'm going to go ask for money on the street corner uh, kind of deal. He gets out there and he had taken somebody, somebody's corner, some other home. Oh, yeah. Got the snot. Oh, yeah. That's oh, a thing. Yeah. Territory. Oh, and it, it's it kind of cool if you go back to like, like ecology. Like it's. We when 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 we struggle, we go back to like natural tendencies. Yeah. And so territories. Yeah. yeah alpha male, beta male. Yeah. You know, like, like the pyramid of needs too. Mm-hmm. Like once you get to the like those needs not being met, it is very primal. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's yeah. kind of cool, but also heartbreaking to watch at the same time. It's, yeah. It's, it's, I said that was a funny story. story and I there said was nothing funny about it. I didn't laugh at all. <laughs> Somebody got. Well, I don't know if you guys go to any council up. meetings at all or listen to that, but when they mm-hmm. talk about that, people are like, "Well, we need to find them houses and everything." And someone mm-hmm. on city council has stated that. Or maybe it was someone that works for the city that most of those people that um, loiter downtown aren't actually homeless. Like no, they have homes, they choose to fact. hang out down there because it's the party place fact. to be. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a different lifestyle that we can't relate to. But 100%. speaking of Maui, the homeless people there got it easy. Like I, I talked to a guy who was almost oh, down there. Man, he's, he was getting a little deep water. That just happened like four days ago. No, 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 not no, no, no. I'm sorry, not the the fire situation. Oh, I just oh. just mean like the climate and everything. I had a buddy who was literally homeless. He's like, yeah, man, it, it rains a lot though. But yeah, no. Yeah. I, when I went to Oahu, the one that didn't burn down, yeah. um, you know, said the homeless say the same thing. Like, I don't want to live in a house. I, I don't want a mortgage payment. Burning I just want. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you thought I was getting too at. Soon, too soon. I just <laughs> thought you were sitting here saying well, those people in Maui are lucky. <laughs> no, God bless them for being able to sleep on a beach tonight. I'm like, no, no that's their <laughs> livelihood. Bad just, Blake. Yeah, He's bad snapping Blake. on my nose. So, li- do you I like to live? Yeah, I go by either. Okay. Livy, tell us Libby. about yourself now. We're going to let you take us out. We just hit the end of the, our, our allotted time here. So, um, where can people find you? Um, how can you help people? What What are you putting out there? What do you want to promote? Yeah. That kind of stuff. If you have a big idea that you think would help Fairbanks and you don't know where to start, definitely hit me up. Um, my business is called Golden Heart Consulting, and you can find us on Instagram, um, or you can find me at Olivia Dowling, all one word, on Instagram too, um, goldenheartconsulting.com. But basically, if you have an idea that you think would make Fairbanks better, you don't know how to talk to people about it, and it's kind of this big tangled mess, I will help you detangle, get it clear, and get it messaged correctly. That's really cool. Uh, thank you so much for coming on today. <laughs> I really appreciate the time you spent with us. Uh, thank you to our sponsors, Summit Realty Group and the Fairbanks Homes app. Uh, if you haven't checked this out yet, check us out on the Google Play Store and the Apple uh, download tunes store you were going really good there i was going really good until that so (laughs) now that i tripped on my tongue have a great day everybody thanks olivia again for joining us blake i'll talk to you later see you
Yeah. Uh.